You are now listening to the Faith Community Bible Church Podcast. It's our prayer that this message is not only a blessing to you, but to your entire family. Join us as we aim to make Christ known in our community by caring for the community. God bless. You may grab your seats this morning. and As we look specifically at 2 Peter, chapter 1, verses 3 through 15, I want to I preach today from a subject. He gave us just what we need. He gave us just what we need. He gave us just what we need. If we're honest, y'all, there's so much that we would like to do in this life. I'm sorry. What's up, Uncle Robert? Uh, (laughs) If we're honest, that's my uncle, y'all. I love to see his face, and it's good to see him. I just couldn't miss that moment. If we're honest, y'all, there's so much that we would like to do in this life that God has blessed us with. Not only the things that we would like to do, discipline and meeting our goals, praying more in the Word more, right? There's so many things that we would like to do, but there's also many things that, that God requires of us as His people, evangelism, discipleship, intimacy, more prayer, more time in the Word. There's so many things that not only we want to do, but that God requires of us so much that we, if we're honest, that we just want to achieve. Find ourselves really saying, only if it was enough time. If it was more time in a day, if if I had more resources, if I had some help, if I had some discipline, if I knew how, if I could just find the words, if, if I just had some ways that I knew how to get it done, then accomplishing these different things would be so easy. What if there's a chance, though, that God has already given you everything you need to accomplish he wanted you to accomplish. What if then you needed to accomplish you? Now, I want to be clear when we talk about goals. I'm not talking about the goals that you set because you want to be a better you. I'm talking about the goals that God has given you to be better in him. What if God has equipped you with every tool that you need to accomplish everything that he wants you to accomplish? Is there a chance that God has already done this? Is there a chance that while God has given you everything you need, you've overlooked what was in front of you? What I want you to know that is that God is the orchestrator of all things concerning you. He's the orchestrator of all things concerning you. God knows your wins and your losses. God knows your strengths and your weaknesses. God knows what makes you tick. He knows what brings you joy. God knows your triggers. He knows your storms, what they will be, when they're going to start, when they're going to end. He knows when you're going to misappropriate his presence. He knows already when you're going to be in your feelings. God already knows everything that you're going to go through because he's an expert in you. He's an expert in you. He knows your storms, and he knows your sunshine. And even with that, God has given you everything you need to do what he expects for you to do. Everything you need, God has equipped you. It's right in front of you. It's right in front of you. You are equipped. Hear this. You are not being equipped. You are equipped, but you are maturing. You ought to be maturing in what he has equipped you with. Hear this. God has equipped us with everything we need to do what he needs us to do. And that is our main point today. God has equipped us with everything we need to do everything that he needs us to do. He didn't give this to us. He didn't equip us with the tools that he equipped us with because we're perfect, really, but because he's gracious, he's merciful, and he's kind. God does not expect 
perfection. He expects obedience. He already knows that we can't be perfect. And therefore, he's not expecting perfection from you. He's expecting obedience, and he's given you the tools. He's equipped you with everything you need because he's a gracious God. He's a merciful God, and hallelujah, he's such a kind God. God has equipped us with everything we need to do. Uh -uh. He's equipped us with everything we need to do what he's called us to do. See, one of the things that I was trained to do early on in my adulthood was to strip and wax floors. I was trained on how, right, to use a chemical, right, to make sure not only that you got the right chemical, but you got the right chemical to water ratio, right, to ensure that, right, you lay the chemical on the floor, right, and let it sit for a little bit to eat away all of the wax that's there, right? And, and Harlan Patterson was the man that really trained me on floors, and I remember him saying to me, everything you need, you already have have to get it complete because, you know, I ask questions. Okay, well, how are we going to do this or how are we going to accomplish that? He said, well, there's a room that's in the back. If you use your master key, back there, you're going you gonna to need at least two or three mop buckets. You're going to need some trash bags. You're going to need some doodle bugs. You're going to need some floor scrapers. You're going to need some stripper, and you're also going to need some wax. And if you got everything you need, you're going to get it done. Well, this week, I had to strip a floor here at the church. I thought I had everything I needed. I go up there, and the interesting thing is, Keisha, I'm dancing, doing my thing, you know, got the floor machine, only to realize it was a tool I needed that I didn't have. I needed a scraper, and I needed a squeegee. So I made some phone calls, hey, you seen a squeegee? Nope. I don't like, well, we ain't got no scraper, so I'm just going to do the best I can. Only to get to the end. Someone came and said, man, that floor looks 10 times better. But it was one problem. It didn't to me. It didn't to me because I wasn't equipped to do what needed to be done and all the blemishes I saw. Interesting thing is, that's our life in Christianity. Everybody else sees the maturity. Everybody else sees the growth. Everybody else sees the change. But because you're not where you think you should be, you easily see the blemishes. But I've, I've learned that, right, everything I needed to get the job done, I already have. But, but y'all find yourselves like me as a floor stripper, only if I had more. <laughs> Reality is I had enough, but only if I had more, I would do this. Only if I had more, I would do that. Y'all, interesting thing. So as we begin to make sure, like we have to make sure, right, that, that we are leaning into the master key <laughs> and realizing, right, that everything we need to get the job done, he's given us. Let me ask you this. How often are you checking your equipment? How often do you just check the oil in your life, ensuring that if you are lifting something heavy that you have a spider? God has equipped us with everything we need to do what he needs us to do. Maybe this whole idea seems so far-fetched to you. Maybe life really has been so confusing to you that you have a hard time grasping this concept that God has given you or equipped you with everything you need to do what he needs you to do. Well, I want to help you. I want to help you. Just as God equipped Moses to lead the Israelites with Aaron and his staff, just like God kept his promises to give Joshua victory over the Canaanites, just as God gave Esther the courage to go before the king, he will also equip us for the task that he's given us. As Paul, Paul puts it this way in 2 Corinthians 9, God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Hear this. God doesn't call us to something only to leave us to fend for ourselves. He is with us. He provides for us, and he enables us to finish the assignment. What am I saying? God has equipped us with everything we need to do what he needs us to do. 
to be equipped. It's really saying that God is furnishing or giving us whatever qualities are necessary to perform the task at hand. To equip simply means to supply whatever is needed for an assigned purpose. Our calling, our purpose in the will of God is that we engage really in a variety um, of good works. God is willing to equip us in every good work to do his will, right? We see that, right, in in Hebrews 13. Now may the God of peace, who brought you up from the dead, our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, equip you with everything good to do his will, according to us, what is pleasing in his sight through Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. It is God working in us that enables us to do everything worthwhile for his kingdom. We obey God, do his will, and please him by relying on the spirit of God who dwells on the inside of us. Hear this. God is at work in your life. He has equipped you with everything you need to do what he needs you to do. And in our text, 2 Peter 1, 3 through 15, it, Peter does a great job really at, at driving this truth home for us. Peter here presses us really to realize that God, by his divine power, provides everything needed for a godly life through the knowledge of God. He, he's encouraging us here to know that, hey, in order to know what's been provided, you got to know God. He says, in order to know what, what I've equipped you with, in order to know what you've been given, you got to know God. Listen, when you know Jesus personally, you experience God's power, and the power of God at work in your life is what produces life and godliness. What am I saying? If the power of God is not active in the life of the blood-bought, then you ain't blood-bought. If the power of God is not active in your life, then you don't have a life. You're living with your eyes wide shut. It's the power of God in life of the blood bought that produces life and godliness. The unsaved sinner is dead, Ephesians 2, and only Christ can raise him from the dead, John 5. When Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, he said, loose him and let him go. Get rid of those grave clothes. Many of us have a hard time knowing the tools that we've been given because we're so comfortable in our grave clothes that God has given you a new wardrobe and you won't wear it. He says, loose him. Let him go. Get rid of those grave clothes. See, when you are born into the family of God by faith in Christ, you are born complete. God gives you everything you will ever need for life and godliness. Nothing has to be added. Colossians 2 says that we are complete. Here's the B clause of that, in him. You are complete in him. Well, what if you're not in him? You're incomplete, right? Y'all remember the song, right, Cisco, bright lights and fancy restaurants, Anything in this world that a man could want, got a bank account bigger than the law should allow, right? And then he's singing to this woman, and he says, without you, girl, my life is incomplete. I'm going to tell you something. We should make that a, a Jesus song, without you, Jesus. My life is incomplete because I'm going to tell you something, right? Uh, I done been with some folks, right, and my life still been incomplete, right? I love Tracy Bird with everything that's in me, but I'm going to tell you, if I got Tracy Bird and ain't got God, I'm still incomplete. But I love, right, how Paul says to the Colossian church, right, you are complete. How? In him. See, many will, many people will attempt really to get you to buy into this theory that you need some sort of special doctrine that will add something to your lives. But let me tell you, when you are in Christ, nothing could be added or, or better yet, nothing needs to be added. Just as a normal baby is born with all the equipment he needs for life and only needs to grow. So, 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 so Christians, so followers of Jesus, we have all that is needed to grow. God has never, God has never called back anything that he created because it was 
lacking or faulty. Yeah, you should constantly go back to, we ought to constantly go back to our creator to grow and to mature, but not because he made a mistake when he created you. He wants us to mature. Everything we need to become more like Christ, God has already given us. We don't need some new experience or some fresh revelation to help us draw close to God. We simply have to appropriate what he's already given us. Well, if I just had more time, if he gave you more time, would you squander that too? Well, if I just had more money, I would be okay. Well, if he give you more money, would you give more to him? Well, if I, if I just had the discipline, it's interesting that we wanted more discipline. So cell phone creators have put special things in place to give us more discipline. They set up filters and all of these schedules on your phone to where if you say, I'm scrolling too much, I only want to use social media for three hours a day. So we hit the limit in the first three hours of the day because we couldn't sleep. But then what happens is when we just sitting at home doing nothing and we just want to scroll, we put in the code to get past the screen that we put in place. God gave us discipline and we lack that. <laughs> right? God used Apple. He used Samsung and all of that to help us to create disciplines in our life to use what he's given us and we still squander it. If he did give you more, if he did remove that person, you'll replace him with something else. We don't need some new experience or fresh revelation or some new thing to help us draw close to God. We simply have to appropriate what he's already given us. God has equipped us with everything we need to do what he needs us to do. But listen, I want to free, free some of you today. Allow me to free you. You just don't realize how God desires to use you to impact his kingdom. I want to free you. You have a passion. You have a passion to see the lost come to, to, come to know the Lord. Some of you have this deep passion to live on mission, this deep passion to encourage others. You have this deep passion to serve the least of these. You have a deep passion to live for his glory. Even kids and students, you're here today. You have this deep desire to live for the Lord, but it seems so hard when everybody else around you at school is kicking it and doing everything that they want to do. You have this deep passion to have the Lord at the center of your life, but, but you're so used to doing all these other things that Christianity seems so dull and lacks, lacks this e e excitement so much so that we expect kids in student ministry to be equivalent to a daycare that we send our kids to every day, but the moment we begin to share the gospel with your kids is the moment that you tell us we have to reach them in a different way. Your ki kids, you're here and you're just like, yeah, I want to get to know the Lord, but I find it difficult to get to know the Lord when everything around me seems fun. You want to know the Lord, but, but how do I start? How, how do I start? How do I, Pastor Mike, you're saying I'm equipped. You're saying I have all the tools that I need, but life is life, and all my friends are kicking it, going to do this and going to do that, but I got to come to Bible study on a Wednesday. How can I go to Bible study on a Wednesday when everybody else going to see the new movie? How do I start? I'm going to free you. Here it is. Said it once, and I'm going to say it again. God is the orchestrator of all things concerning you. He knows your wins, your losses, your strengths, your weaknesses. He knows what makes you tick. He knows what brings you joy. He knows your triggers. He knows your storms. He knows where you're weak. He knows where you're lacking. But even with that, where do I start? It's understanding that God has already given you everything you need to do what he's calling you to do. How do I start? By fully giving yourself to him. It's right in front of you. You're equipped. Hear this, you are not being equipped, believer. You are equipped. You have everything you need to do what you were supposed to do. God has equipped us with everything we need to do what he needs us to do. And I want to point out to you four things. 
going to point out four things from this text to help you grasp this, to do what God wants us to do from this text, right? What is God giving me? What is God giving me to help me process this? What is God giving me really to, to help me to know that I'm equipped? Four things we see right here in this text. Number one, God has given us spiritual blessings. He's given us spiritual blessings. Watch what, what Peter says in the text. His divine power, <laughs> I love this, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has given to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. God, hear this, God has given us spiritual blessings, and it all begins, hear this, with his divine power. He's given us spiritual blessings, and it all begins with his divine power. Jesus' divine power is the source of salvation and transformation that can make any person a child of God and enable them to live in a way that pleases God. It is. All of us, without Christ, we, we were hopeless, powerless, and objects of God's wrath. We were dead in our sins, but God gave his life through Christ. It was not because of anything that we have done. It was totally, hear this, by God's divine power. The divine power of God not only changes us, but enables us to live in a way that pleases God. He's given us spiritual blessings. Well, living for him is so hard. Well, when was the last time you just asked him to help you and you just rested in it? Not saying, God, help me, and then you're looking at your watch saying, okay, God, if you're going to help me, you need to speed this thing up because I got a date tonight. God, if you're going to help me, I need you to speed this thing up because I, I got a phone call. God, I need you to, God, God, come on, God. Come on, God. No, God, you've equipped me with spiritual blessings. You've given me all things that pertain to life and godliness by your divine power. And God, think about it. Worship team just sang it. <laughs> Whatever it takes. <laughs> I'm all in. What if it's going to cost you more time than you're willing to give? Do you still, are you still willing to do whatever it takes? What if, what if doing whatever it takes is going to cause you to lose what you love, but you, you, you ever lost something you knew it wasn't good for you, but you still grieved it anyway? God, by his divine power, he's given us spiritual blessing. His divine power, he says, has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness, but how? His divine power has granted us, granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, how? Through the knowledge of him who called us. He's driving home what he already communicated in 2 Peter 1 verse 2. He says, may, may, the grace, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. See, the grace and peace that we seek will only be multiplied to us as we continue. Hear this to know God. Grace and peace will only be multiplied to us as we continue to know God. Why do we have Bible study on Wednesdays? Because we want grace and peace to be multiplied to you so we create a culture where you can know God. Why do we preach on Sundays? Why is the Word so important? Because we want to cultivate and create a culture where grace and peace is multiplied to you so we want you to know God. Why do we study the Word in growth groups? Because we want grace and peace to be multiplied to you so we want to create a culture where you know God. Why? Why is it that on Wednesdays we have the kids upstairs walking through some sort of Bible study lesson and not present opportunities to them whereby, right, uh, life is happening and all they ever do is go to McDonald's because they already know Ronald McDonald. We want them to know God. We, we want grace and peace to be multiplied. We want them to know God. See, the knowledge of Christ is emphasized here, not as this superficial knowledge or this mere surface awareness of the facts about Christ, but it's a genuine 
personal sharing of life with Christ based on repentance from sin and personal faith in him. This isn't implying a a surface knowledge of God, but a deeper, a thorough, intimate knowledge of God, so deep and intimate that you could begin to finish his sentences. So deep and intimate that you're starting to look like him. So deep and intimate that you remind everyone of him because his grace and peace just rest on you. Yesterday, um, had a brief conversation with Sister Davina. And it was probably five minutes or less that we were on the phone together. But it was interesting to me. Because we, I'm working on something for her and the conversation we was having, I saw her husband rise up in her. In that brief time, she was talking like him, right? She even sounded like him, and she started defending things like he would defend it. And then she said, well, wait a minute, I got a question. If that ain't Mike. (laughs) They they, they, They know one another. They are so deeply connected so that, right, she was able to say what he would say, do what he would do because they're intimate. Do you know the Lord that way? Where in any conversation, you can finish what he's saying. You're starting to look like him. You're starting to sound like him. He says in the text, by these, what he has equipped us with his divine power, by these, he has given us very great and precious promises so that through them, we may share in the divine nature, escaping the corruption that is in the world because of evil desire. Listen, (laughs) listen to this. I don't want you to be so familiar with this passage that you miss your shout here. God is saying, I have equipped you with everything you need to do what I need you to do. He's saying, by my divine power, the work of the Holy Spirit, I've given you all things that pertain to both life and godliness. I've given you uh, very great and precious promises so that you can share in the divine nature. Now, here's your shout. The great and precious promises that God has given to us. I want to tell you what those are. We're talking about spiritual blessings. I want you to know what the spiritual blessings are, right? And, and the spiritual blessings is actually your shout. Here it is. The spiritual blessings that God has given us is abundant and eternal life. It's interesting because we, we thought the spiritual blessings was a new a keys to a new house. We thought that spiritual blessings was the key to a new car. We thought that spiritual blessings was this peace from pain. No, no, no. God God is giving you spiritual blessings. Let me just mash pause here and let you know that if you want a new house or a new car, right, being disciplined over your finances can get you that. That's another conversation. Right, but God specializes in spiritual blessings, abundant and eternal life. Why? So that we can be partakers of the divine nature and escape the corruption of this world. God has given us the spiritual blessings of abundant life with him. He didn't just save us so that we can escape hell, but he saved us to to, to spend eternity with him forever. God has called us out of darkness into the marvelous light. God, Scripture says, has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved. Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. God, right, now calls us friends. Jesus says it this way, I am the gate. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and I will come in and go out and find pasture. A thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Here it is. I come so you may have life and life more abundantly. God has equipped us with everything we need to do what he needs us to do. Number one, he gives us spiritual blessings. What is the spiritual blessing? It's abundant and eternal life. He gives us spiritual blessing, number one, but number two, he gives us spiritual supplements. He gives us spiritual supplements. Watch what he says, right? He says, verse 5, Trina, watch this. He says, for this very reason. Just rest in that, for this very reason. What's the very reason? For this very reason, our world is corrupt, (laughs) For this very reason, the world is full of evil desire. What's the reason? Because you're going to have distractions. For this very reason, because he knew you was going to get discouraged in this walk with him. 
for this very reason. Because he knew, remember, he, he, he's an expert in you. He's the orchestrator of all things concerning you. Because he knew that life was going life. And you would begin to question him first and foremost because you don't take ownership. He knew that you was going to say, well, God, if you was real, you would have. For this very reason, you might find yourself weak in this walk. Isn't it something that our God is so in tune with his creation that he already knows what we'll wrestle through before it even hits us? He says, for this very reason, because of all the spiritual blessings that you've been given, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement or supply your faith with goodness, goodness with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with endurance, endurance with godliness, godliness with brotherly love, or a brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. God has given us spiritual supplements. Listen, to supplement... Or in some translations, he don't use the word supplement. He uses the word supply, right? He says uh -uh, to, to supplement or to supply, hear this, is to give lavishly and generously. In Greek culture, the word supply or supplement was really used for, for a choir master who was responsible for supplying everything that was needed for his choir. The word never meant to, to equip or to give sparingly, but to supply lavishly for, to, to provide a noble performance as partakers of his divine nature. Hear this. God has given lavishly to us spiritual supplements so that as we represent him, we can represent him nobly. He didn't want us to represent him lacking. These supplements are the ways and means of spiritual vitality and maturity. This is the way to healthy spiritual development for the individual Christian and for the church collectively. This is, this is, this is God's way of working in us, y'all, to ensure that we do not remain spiritual babes all of our days, which to him is unacceptable. It's unacceptable to God to say you belong to him and you're not maturing. It's unacceptable to God to say you know him and you don't live like it. This is like, like God has given you spiritual supplements to ensure that you grow in relationship with him. This is the way to full assurance of faith. God is teaching us here that we are responsible for our personal and collective spiritual growth and development. He says, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith. It's not enough, y'all, to simply profess faith in Christ with our mouths if there's no corresponding transformation in our lives. But instead, y'all, we must walk the walk as we talk the talk. What good does it do us to say we belong to God with our mouth and our actions don't show it? Yeah, we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. That faith is never alone in God's people because it's always accompanied by good works and hence our great need to supplement our faith. Faith without works is dead. Understand, he's given us spiritual supplements and I don't have time to unpack these. Oh, I wish I did. I don't have time to unpack them so you can read those, read those, read about those supplements on your own. But, but he gives us the supplements, right? For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith. Supplement your faith, he says, with virtue, excellence of character, with knowledge, seeking to know God, self-control, right? You got to be disciplined, right? I love how Paul talks to the church at Corinth, and when he talks to them about self-control, he says, every athlete, right, exercises self-control in all things, right? He, 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 he talks about another supplement, steadfast, steadfastness, being committed, Right? What are you committed to? Spiritual supplements, godliness. Godliness conveys the idea of a, uh, of a life lived in a Godward fashion or direction. He talks about brotherly affection, 
uh, and love, right? When he's getting at her, he's actually repeating himself, really, because brotherly affection and love is both the same thing. But, but when you really begin to think about it, right, what he's saying here is that I've given you this supplement, not only to love your brother, but he tells us how. With the same love that God has loved you, you love your brothers the same way. He's given us spiritual supplements. God has equipped us with everything we need to do what he needs us to do. Yeah. He gives us spiritual blessings. He gives us spiritual supplements. But number three, he gives us security from stagnation. Now, it's interesting because when we begin to think about the spiritual blessings, when we begin to think about, right, the spiritual supplements that we have, well, what happens when I begin to suffer? What happens when life happens for me? What happens when I'm all cried out and I don't know what to do? Those same supplements that he has provided gives us security from stagnation. Watch what he says in the text. Verse 8, he says, for if these qualities, what are the qualities? The spiritual supplements. He says, for if these qualities are yours and are increasing. So if these supplements are yours and you are maturing in them, here it is, watch this, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The supplements at work in your life helps you to not be stagnant. They help you to not be unfruitful and unproductive. Well, what is it that's working? Go back to verse 3. His divine power. It's his power. God's power is working through these supplements to make you mature. God's power is working through the supplements to make you productive. God's power is working through these supplements to make you mature and be rooted and built up in him, right? For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, he says, for whoever lacks these qualities. Now, notice, he says, if they're yours and you're growing in them, they're going to keep you from being stagnant. He says, but if you lack these qualities and you, you're so nearsighted that you're blind and it causes you to forget that you've been cleansed from your former sins. That helps you to know why we tend to forget how good God has been to us. That helps us to know why we tend to forget that uh, if he did it before, he can do it again. That helps us to, to see why we have become such a forgetful church is because many times we have become stagnant because we lack the qualities, we have become so nearsighted looking at what's in front of us that we've become blind to the fact that God is an operation in your life the whole time. So nearsighted, he's blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Hear this. God has equipped us with everything we need to do what he needs us to do. Therefore, we have no reason to be stagnant. The supplements given to us are there to keep us from being inactive and empty. When the spiritual supplements are present in your life, it pushes you to bear fruit. I love, I love how Tony Evans says it. Tony Evans said, when you're growing in Christ, you don't have to strain to bear fruit. He said, when you're growing in Christ, you don't have to strain to bear fruit. It'll emerge as naturally as apples develop on a healthy apple tree. We have no reason to be stagnant. The supplements given to us are there to keep us from being active and empty. How do we protect ourselves from becoming stagnant? I'm going to tell you how. We protect ourselves from being stagnant by abiding in Christ. By abiding in Christ. To abide is to live, to continue, to remain in Christ. So to abide in Christ is to live in him or to remain in him. Abiding in Christ pictures in this intimacy, this close relationship, and not just some superficial acquaintance, 
God just simply wants, hear this, to be with you. He doesn't want you to do for him as much as he just wants to be with you. And if you're growing in these qualities and taking your spiritual supplements or your dietary supplements, you're going to create a culture in your life where you just learn just to be. We live in a time and a culture, right, where, where many people are now trying to clean up from this, but for whatever reason, we thought that our giftedness or our anointing was attached to how much we do until what we did for the Lord stopped making people feel a certain way. Does God want you to do for him? Yes, he does. But he wants your doing to be fueled from a place of being. How do we be? Just abide in him. We got to learn to abide. He says in a word, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it'll be done. Without a vital union with Christ that salvation provides, there can be no life and no productivity. God has equipped us with everything we need to do what he needs us to do. Yeah, God has given us spiritual blessings. He's given us spiritual supplements. He's given us security from stagnation. And here's my final point, and then I'm going to go. Here it is, final point. Yeah, God has given spiritual blessings. He's given spiritual supplements. He's given us security from stagnation, but finally, God has given us security and salvation. Everything that you need to get the job done, he's already given it to you. Well, how come I don't know it? It don't feel like it. It's because you're making decisions based off of how you feel, not who God is. He's giving you security and salvation. Watch what he says in the text. Verse 10, therefore, brothers and sisters... Make every effort to confirm your calling and election, because if you do these things, <laughs> I love this, you'll never stumble. <laughs> he says, if you do these things, you won't fall. If you do these things, you won't continue to trip over your own feet. If you do these things, you will not be distracted by who's sitting next to you. If you do these things, what happened yesterday will no longer be your story. If you do these things, well, what is these things? Spiritual supplements. He continues to build here. If you do these things, if you do these things, you will, I love this because he uses the word here. He says, if you do these things, he don't, he don't only say you won't stumble. He says, if you do these things, you will never stumble. Never. Nothing can separate us from the love of God that's found in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you do these things, you never stumble. He says, for in this way. Entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be richly provided for you. Therefore, I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are establishing the truth you now have. I think it's right. As long as I'm in this bodily tent to, to wake you up with a reminder, because I knew you was going to forget. I know that I'll soon lay aside my tent, as our Lord Jesus Christ has indeed made clear to me. And I will make every effort so that you are able to recall these things at any time after my departure. He gives us security and salvation. Do you know your salvation in Christ, believer, is so secure that it ain't based on who preaching? Your security and salvation is so secure that it don't matter who your pastor is. Your security and salvation is not contingent upon how deep the community groups are here or at faith community. But he gives us security and salvation. The security of salvation or confirming your calling and election is less about making sure that you're saved, but more about making sure that as a follower of Jesus, you're productive in your salvation. That, that, that's really what he's getting at here. He, he's just saying, yeah, you have security in your salvation because of Jesus' finished work on the cross. But what I need you to know that because your salvation is secure, right, you got to be mature and you got to be productive in your faith walk. What he's saying is because your salvation is secure, you're equipped. The thing is, when people come to know Christ as their Savior, 
We're brought into a relationship with God that guarantees our salvation and our productivity in Christ. I love, right, Jude 24, he says, to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. God's power is able to keep the believer from falling. It is up to him, not to you. It is up to him, not to us, to present us before himself as glorious presence. Our salvation is a result. Our productivity is a result of God keeping us, not us maintaining ourselves. I love, right, remember I live my life in stereo. I love, right, the song, Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaking. I've never been more glad. I put my faith in Jesus because he'll never let me down. He's faithful through generations. So why would he fail now? The reality is he won't because of who he is. I got joy in chaos. I got peace that makes no sense. So I won't be going under. I'm not held by my own strength. Why? Because I built my life on Jesus. His divine power is at work in my life and have given me all things that pertain to life and godliness so I don't have to worry. I don't have to fret. I can know that God has given me spiritual blessings, right? He's given me everything I need to get the job done. He's given me spiritual blessings. And then even when storms happen in my life, he's given me spiritual supplements, right? And I don't have to worry about being stagnant because of the supplements that he's given me and because his divine power is working through the supplements in my life, I now have uh, uh, security in my salvation because I know that Christ did not die just simply to die, right? He died that I might have life and life more abundantly. Hear this. God does not just want you just to live for the sake of living. He wants you to live abundantly. Therefore, by his divine power, he's given you, he's equipped you with everything that you need to get the job done. I know, right, that you miss it. I know you don't always see it, probably because it don't look the way you want it to look. But what if God, like, put your hands in front of you. Everything you need is right in front of you. He's already given it to you. He's already given it to you. Well, well, here's the thing. We're so forgetful. We're so forgetful, right? That's why when life is happening, when storms is raging, people die, relationships go away. I'm not, talk, I'm not telling y'all theory. I'm telling you about my own life. All these things happen, we forget the promises of God. But when life happens, we forget the tools that we've been equipped with. When life happens, we forget that we aren't in this alone. So, so, Pastor, I just need you to tell me because, right, I'm going to forget this when I get home because I had some stuff at home that I got to go back to that I ain't looking forward to. I got, I got some stuff, Daryl, that I ain't quite looking forward to going back to. So what happens when I forget? Watch how Peter ends this text. Let this encourage you. He says, therefore, remember, whenever you see therefore, you got to know what? What is therefore? Watch what he says as he ends this. Therefore, I intend always to remind you. That's why we preach the gospel every single week, because we need a reminder. That's why we have devotional lives, because we need a reminder. That's, that, that's why we play Jesus songs, because we need a reminder. That's why we do life. We, let me tell you this. Notice, y'all don't ever hear us talk about, learn to do Sundays with one another. No. We say do life. He says, therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. I think it right. As long as I am in this body, this is when you forget, not only do I want to always remind you, but as long as I'm in this body, I want to stir you up by way of reminder is what he says. So, so what am I saying? As your pastor, 
as your lead pastor, as one of your pastors at Faith Community, I always intend to remind you, lest you forget that God has been good to you. I always intend to remind you that God has brought you out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay and placed your feet on the rock. I always intend to remind you what Jesus has done for you, that he took your sins on his back, died on the cross, was buried in the borrowed tomb, and three days later he rose with all power in his hands. I intend to remind you, right, by, by way of stirring you up to realize that God has given you everything that you need to get the job done. I intend to remind you, believer, you have no excuses. Why? Because hence divine power has granted us everything that pertains to life and godliness. Understand this. We can't continue to make excuses as to why we ain't doing what God wants us to do when he's giving you everything you need. We can't. He says, as long as I'm in this body, I want to stir you up by way of reminder. Since I know that the putting off of my body will, will be soon, let me tell you, I'm going to be here forever. I know I'm here right now. I don't know what tomorrow holds, Pastor Dern, but I do know who holds tomorrow. But while I'm here, I want to stir you up by way of reminder. Thank you for listening to the Faith Community Bible Church podcast. We hope you are encouraged by the message on today. To respond to today's message, please go to fcbcstl.com forward slash respond. If you would like to give to support the mission and vision of Faith Community Bible Church, you can go to fcbcstl.com forward slash give. God bless.